Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Currently Not Tripping. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined, as always, by my friends, Chris and Lee. Say hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Samer A. from Washington, D.C., who wants to remind listeners to refill your hand soap in your bathrooms. Thanks, Samer. <laughs> All right, so today we'll be reviewing the end of the group stages and preview some knockout round matchups. We've already reviewed groups A and B in the previous episode, so check that out if you haven't yet. But let's just jump right into it with group C. Chris, why don't you take us through this one? Yeah. Boy, let me uh, get my head on straight here first. Let's see. Poland lost to group winners Argentina, but thankfully they had done enough to still move on. Uh, Mexico was all but advanced instead of Poland until an extremely late stoppage time goal for Saudi Arabia, which saw Mexico lose out on goal difference uh, for the tiebreaker, and they were eliminated from the tournament for the first time in a very long time. It's a little disappointing. I was very excited at the first episode. You're talking about Ochoa, their goalkeeper, showing up which he still did in this tournament. He is the still the only goalkeeper to save a uh, penalty kick. Or actually, no, I take that back. There was another one saved in one of the recent matches. But during the time he was, he had an outstanding, did an outstanding job. Mexico and the broader 10 on the field did not show up. So disappointing for Mexico. They know they should have advanced. And happy to see a couple of strong team moves move on here. I think Argentina started slow, but they, they deserve to, to get out of that group. Personally, I was really pulling for Saudi Arabia to continue after they upset Argentina. I was really hoping that they'd make it through, but unfortunately, they ended up uh, falling short of that goal. Yeah, yeah, it's a really tough group. If they had made it out of that, that would have felt for them almost like winning the tournament, frankly. <laughs> to to either Trump, Poland, or Argentina, or Mexico. So, yeah, I, they're the underdogs of the group. I always root for underdogs. That would have been a fantastic show for them. Yeah. Okay, so I'll take us through Group D now. Uh, it had quite the unexpected finish. Both the underdogs won one to nothing on the final day as Tunisia took down France, but it was still not enough as Australia's win against Denmark saw them through and second in the group. Denmark will be immensely disappointed in their showing, only getting one point and one goal total. And that one goal came from a center defender, too. Just a total breakdown on offense for Denmark. But very happy for Australia and excited to see if they can uh, continue and put up a good showing in the round of 16. OK, now for Group E, Chris, what do you got? Yeah, Group E was uh, was crazy uh, on its last day. Uh, a lot of goals between the two games. Uh, lead changes uh, had everyone looking likely to advance at one moment or the other. Uh, around the 70th, 70th minute for a few minutes, had the games ended at that moment, both, both Germany and Spain were eliminated. However, Germany was able to bounce back and beat Costa Rica to tie Spain on points. Spain's destruction of Costa Rica in the opening game proved to break the tie in Spain's favor, gone goal difference. I doubt many people predicted J Japan winning this group outright. I certainly didn't. I will say that Japan rightfully deserved that. 
first place group exit. I, I they had a great game. They're pressing, fought on. It was very well organized. They counterattacked incredibly well, and they really came knowing their opponents into every single game. Uh, so I really, really just appreciated what they did. Four uh, two in the last game for Germany versus Costa Rica. Two to one Japan versus Spain. Some crazy score lines. Yeah, what an interesting group. Happy to see the results. I, I'm curious to see how far Japan makes it after this. Agreed, and I think that Spain can be thanking their lucky stars for making it through. Because if if Germany hadn't mounted that comeback, they would be gone. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have been saying that Spain are are definitely looking one of the most threatening, but uh, in recent games, they've looked less so. They certainly look the most, they're the most fun to watch. They're incredibly fluid, but there's still a question mark when your number one striker is Alvaro Morata, uh, who has just frankly not been in the best form, and I wouldn't really rate as a top-tier striker. but. That team has so much quality, they can win games in, in totally different fashion than leaning on a center forward. Yeah, and I think if they had a, a true number nine, uh, a good goal-scoring threat up there, I think they could be even more fearsome side. Yes, they need to pull Fernando Torres out of coaching and back into playing as a, <laughs> as a soccer player. I don't know if you've seen any pictures of him lately, but that dude is jacked now. Yeah. He got super bulky when he was at Atletico before he started managing. I don't know why he did it, but yeah. He kind of looks like uh, what Ryan Reynolds did in Free Guy when they just had a totally jacked version of him. I'm just like, I don't believe that's Fernando Torres. Anyway. Okay. Well, Group F saw Belgium, the second-ranked team in the world, fall short. Morocco beat Canada 2-1, to one, which vaulted them to the top of the group with Croatia's draw with Belgium being enough for Croatia to qualify in second place. One thing of note here, since Canada's goal in this game was an own goal by Moroccan defender Aguerd, he is now technically tied for Canada's all-time top World Cup goal scorer. Okay, Group G, Chris. Yeah, this was a wild last day, too. Uh, Wrapped up uh, just a couple of hours ago with some very interesting results. A goal fest between Switzerland and Serbia uh, went in Switzerland's favor, uh, moving them into second place in the group. Leaders Brazil rested many starters and were beaten by Cameroon 1-0 at the dying moments of the game, but it wasn't enough uh, for the African side to advance. If you haven't watched the Switzerland and Serbia highlights, uh, go watch them. It's a really fun, fascinating game to watch. Uh, Serbia came very close to getting in a lot of trouble just based on how the players and the bench were acting. A lot of flares of emotions and attitude, very passionate um, about the game. And uh, frankly, I personally thought that Brazil probably would have scored more goals themselves than either Switzerland and Serbia put together, but that was not the case. Um, Brazil rested a lot of their squad. Uh, Good to note that the uh, goal scorer uh, for Cameroon also got sent off. Uh, As soon as he scored, uh, he already had a yellow card. For those that don't know, if you get two yellow cards in one match, you are Uh, automatically the recipient of a red card and sent off. So he scored, ripped off his shirt, which is a yellow card. That is a considered a derogatory celebration. 
but it's not going to matter to him. He's very happy to to beat Brazil one nil. That's a great scoreline for a country, or a nation like that. So fascinating group. Um, be interesting to see what uh, I I expect Brazil to advance um, at least to the quarters. But uh, be interesting to see see how uh, Switzerland advances. Excellent. Okay, so Group H, final group. It went against all of our predictions. Major disappointment. Uruguay finally found some goals, but it was a little. It was too little, too late. South Korea defeated Portugal two to one to win the tiebreaker with Uruguay and slide into second in the group behind Portugal. Ghana put up a pretty good fight as well, but unfortunately, they they fell one point short of both Uruguay and Portugal for that second spot. Yeah, this is crazy for me. Yeah, South Korea, awesome. Uruguay, I don't, I still can't piece together what happened with them. I, you know, I want to say they were unlucky. They did have a lot of goal scoring chances. They looked threatening. In the end, they just, they couldn't win out their games. It was very surprising. Disappointing. I love watching that side play. Uh, Disappointing not to see uh, Nunez, uh, Darwin Nunez from uh, Liverpool do a little bit better. I would have liked him to see score a few more goals in there. But um, he's one of many attacking players in that side that really should have stepped up a bit more to clinch some of those games. Agreed. Feeling pretty foolish right now for predicting Darwin Nunez was going to win the Golden Boot. Didn't even score a goal. At the time, I totally backed that pick. But looking back at it now, yeah, what are you going to do? Oh, well. Okay, so time for a few interesting tidbit updates from last episode. Uh, Lee, why don't you take us through a couple of them? Yeah, sure. So in the last episode, we were talking about some teams that hadn't even scored any goals, I think, through their first two games. So those three teams were Tunisia, Mexico, and Uruguay. They all scored in their last and final game, but unfortunately, they were also not able to move on out of the group stage, which makes sense. I would assume that if they haven't scored any goals, they haven't won many games, haven't put up any points. Um, so it's too bad. But a good showing on the last day for them. Uh, on the contrary, all three of the teams that had not been scored upon uh, since our last podcast, they were all scored on. So all of those teams successfully moved on to the round of 16. So it's, it's you know, an opposite fate of the uh, the previous three teams I mentioned. So... It was uh, Poland, Brazil, and Morocco. Although, as we mentioned earlier as well, technically Morocco scored on themselves. So they still hadn't, haven't had another team score on them. Also, we now have a five-way tie at the top for goals. So Alvaro Morata of Spain joins the group of Valencia of Ecuador, Mbappe of France, Rashford of England, and Gakpo of the Netherlands. Valencia of Ecuador has been eliminated from the tournament, so he'll be unable to score any more goals. So we'll keep an eye on the other four, see how they progress. All right. And then I got one here. Uh, There are five teams that are undefeated thus far, and they are Croatia, England, Morocco, the Netherlands, and you guessed it, the United States. (laughs) Okay. Another interesting fact here, no team won all three of their games in the group stage for the first time since 1994. In every single other World Cup after 94, 
at least one team has just swept their entire group and left with nine points, but the most anybody got was seven points. Wow. I'm learning a lot right now. <laughs> I had no idea about <laughs> any of these. I'll say uh, just quickly on a couple of these points, uh, kudos to Morocco. That's awesome. They're in a, a pretty challenging group. Gakpo of the goal scorers has been the most impressive for me. Uh, Netherlands have been lackluster in their group, and Gakpo has been more than consistent in his play and his goal scoring. He didn't have a you know, hat trick in one of these games. He scored a single goal in every game, and a couple of those goals have been very, very important for the Netherlands. So I, I, I want to see him just keep it moving. But, you know, maybe just stick to one and maybe Pulisic gets two tomorrow morning. <laughs> then uh, I had no idea that the United States hasn't been defeated. I knew it, but didn't think about it, um, which is great for us. F- from my point of view, I got very excited and was a little confused when I hadn't seen it earlier, but the World Cup for the first time introduced its first full female refereeing squad at a men's match. They're overseeing the Germany game uh, versus Costa Rica, which uh, was going to be a contentious match. So they didn't pick an easy match to start, um, which I appreciate. Germany obviously was looking to get out of that group, and they were in a very poor position based on their standings. I'm very happy to say, and no surprise, that Stephanie and the team did an awesome job. Stephanie uh, Frappard is French, and all of her teammates, she got to pick her teammates from where they're all refereeing in uh, Ligue 1. And um, yeah, awesome. I want to see the other two female referees get a chance in the round of 16. She did an amazing job. Uh, Germany, again, uh, had a good game. It was always going to be a little testy. They wanted to score as many goals as possible, but it was very well refereed. The best thing that you can say is that nobody was talking about the referees after the game. Uh, Therefore, they had influence on the game in a proper way and not one where everybody was saying, man, if that, you know, stupid referee didn't, you know, disallow that offsides, etc. Always, always good to see. On the other hand, The other big refereeing question mark that everybody had or was thinking about was South Korea, one of South Korea's goals. So for about a period of uh, 24 hours, for anybody that hasn't seen the goal, there was a South Korean player that ran down essentially to uh, the end line or the line right next to the goal, was able to dig it out centimeters away after the entire ball had crossed the line. So there was still just the tiniest sliver of ball that shadowed over the end line. And to the human eye, if you look at the replay on camera, from the camera angles we had the ability to see, it looks like the ball was out. They just released video evidence that the ball had not officially fully crossed the line. So this was incredibly contentious for obvious reasons. Everybody thinks that that goal shouldn't have counted, but it did. This is the importance of technology and refereeing. And, you know, if I was a referee, I, I was on the sideline and I saw that, I would have raised my flag right away and said, nope, that ball was out. So however you want to look at it, that's the right call. The ball was not totally out and uh, that helped South Korea advance. So uh, fascinating there. I don't know why FIFA decided to just wait on disclosing that evidence because it just boiled over. But 
I don't always know what FIFA's thinking about. <laughs> so I'll stop there. Excellent. Thanks, Chris. Okay, so I think that does it for our little interesting tidbit updates. Uh, so now let's preview the knockout stage. Starting with match number one, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning for us recording right now, Netherlands versus USA. Lee, what are your thoughts on this game? Honestly, I think this is a toss-up. I'm not particularly sure if any team seems like the heavy favorite to me. My bias is obviously going with USA. I think both USA and the Netherlands performed relatively well in the group stage. Obviously, the USA having a bit of a tougher time um, with their competition in their group. Again, my opinion. But, you know, they've they shown that they can score. They've shown that they can they can put up some pretty uh, pretty exciting soccer out there. And Netherlands, you know, to your point, maybe they've just got hot over the group stages. You know, they're typically not scoring a lot of goals, and they were able to put up a decent amount in the group. So how long is that streak going to last? I don't know. So I look at this as a pretty close match. I'm just going to go with USA here because I don't think, you know, there's an overwhelming favorite. I'll take the opposite view. My vote. To win this game, my hope to win this game is USA. I'm back in USA all the way. I think in reality, Netherlands have the larger opportunity to win. I think their, I don't know, just European experience, you know, versus the USA will lead them to be slightly more well organized and be able to carry out maybe a 1 0 win. Van Dyke has been playing really well. There were question marks because he hadn't played in the World Cup yet. He's looked like a monster in the back. We're going to have a lot of trouble with him. He's incredible. On the other hand, to Lee's point, the Netherlands haven't looked totally convincing. Like I said before, Gakpo has been an awesome standout star for them. Um, but if he doesn't show up, who is? So I'd go 60-40 Netherlands, but screw the Netherlands. Go USA. All right. Love that. Okay, so... From what I was reading earlier today, uh, that there's the flu going around through this Dutch team. And they didn't go into a list of how many players got it or anybody's name in particular, with the exception of Frankie de Jong. And Ooh. Frankie de Jong is who is what makes this team tick. Yeah. The, he connects the defense from the offense. And he is that one position on this team where if you lose this player, there is no elite level backup. And I think that that could be a huge storyline going into tomorrow. Will he be fit enough to play? And if he's fit enough to play, what level is he going to bring to this team? Because I, I would imagine that even like a 75% Frankie de Jong is still incredible. Because he's, he's so, so good and so important. But... Uh, I think that'll be an interesting thing to follow. And if anybody else on the Netherlands are not feeling well either. But um, yeah. I'm actually thinking this is going to penalty kicks. Oh, gross. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really fascinating. I, I hadn't read that flu story. And I think you're absolutely right. I think um, if you were to pick one position that you can't replace or one player on the field in a position that you can't replace, it's Frankie. I mean, Van Dyke has some decent backups. I would say Van Dyke would be another big loss, but he's he's a natural-born leader on the field. He's the one screaming at everybody, organizing the players. Frankie's not like that. Frankie is a behind the strings, uh, behind excuse me, behind the scenes string puller. Um, but that's arguably more important. And uh, up top, 
question mark if there's a, a replaceable person at this point. But if Frankie, yeah, that that changes the whole game if Frankie's out. I don't know who would be pulling the strings for them and really like, you know, making those key passes like he has been doing and scoring goals too. Um, so yeah, that could, that that is a big question mark. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next 24 hours. Okay, so we'll keep our eye on that. Let's also, in- if I could just add in very quickly here, I would be very, very curious if anybody's been following the storyline for the USA, if Giovanni Reyna will either start or at least show up. I think, and I'll speaking for myself here, Giovanni Reyna had a role to play in our game versus Iran, and he was not put on the field for whatever reason. All the rumors say that he got in an argument with the coach, disagreeing on tactics. He is one of our best players on that team. And if he is still benched versus the Netherlands, I'm going to be extremely disappointed and a little upset with Greg, our coach. That's he is a I think Pulisic is our poster boy star, undoubtedly talented Giovanni Reyna. Very close, if not better, in my opinion, I want to be able to see him play. Definitely keep an eye on that. I Personally, don't expect him to play at all. Yeah, me too. Okay. Second match, Argentina versus Australia. Lee, what do you think? This one looks like Argentina all the way to me. I know Australia had a good showing kind of at the at the end of their um, group stage matches. But Argentina, aside from their, their first match where they lost to Saudi Arabia, um, they've looked strong. They've been putting up a lot of goals. And, you know, they're hungry. I think they're going to be rolling on the momentum here i agree with that assessment <laughs> i think lionel messi's just gonna be thanking his lucky stars that he's got australia in the second round and obviously australia you can't count them out because they did enough to get out of their group and do better than uh, denmark but they're not at argentina's level i think they're gonna get smoked i'm thinking like four nothing i would like to think that australia will score a goal but it's probably not gonna happen <laughs> Argentina are going to win this game. If they don't, it will be the biggest upset of the tournament. Definitely. And I would love that. I'll be pulling for Australia here because the winner of this game plays the winner of the USA-Netherlands. So if the USA can upset (laughs) Netherlands, then we could get Australia in the next round. And I love that. But wouldn't you rather a storyline that says Argentina advancing with the USA and then the USA rushing argentina if you could guarantee that i'd take that (laughs) i cannot guarantee that okay thought so Uh, all right any more thoughts on this game before we move on no unfortunately this is probably the most black and white um arguably maybe match seven but we'll see all right match three the sunday games we have england versus senegal chris why don't you tell us what you got on this one Yeah, I think England are the favorites here. Senegal have played well throughout the tournament. Uh, All the question marks were how Senegal going to play without Sadio. They've gotten out of the group in good fashion. Um, They've showed up well. Koulibaly has done very well in defense. And they've got enough quality players in offense to be able to produce goals, even without a star player. At the end of the day, England has looked... Very good. They've been one of the most convincing teams out there. 
I think they edge him out. I think it'll be close. I would expect two or three to one scoreline in England's favor. Okay. Lee? Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I think um, England has a lot of firepower. They've shown that. They've scored their most goals in the group stage of any other team. Tie with Spain, actually, with nine goals. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think England wins by one. But, yeah, we might see like a 3-2 kind of game. Senegal can obviously hang, but may not just have the overall um, depth to really overcome England. Yeah, the one question mark I had uh, with England going into the tournament was their defense. You talk about the meme of Harry Maguire, and uh, he's done well, uh, along with uh, John Stones in the back. The two of them have kept decent clean sheets or minimal goal scoring, so... um, that's been a bright spot for them. That was a question mark going into the tournament. It'll definitely be an interesting one. I really like what Senegal's been doing, but I I think they they were a little fortunate to even get here. So I expect England to put them in their place, which means that Senegal's probably going to win two to one and move on. <laughs> Caster's curse. All right, match four. The other one on Sunday. We got France versus Poland. And in my mind, I think that this is... The most one-sided. I think that France, who just rested all of their starters, are going to be able to bring the heat versus Poland. And I I think, uh, like, frauds is not the right word, but I I think that Poland might have been the worst-looking team to make it out of the group stage. And I I just think that they're going to be exposed and could potentially be lit up. This could even be bigger than what I predicted for Argentina, Australia. Well, tell us how you really feel. (laughs) I I don't share the same sentiment. I think France will win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout necessarily. I agree Poland have not been convincing. Uh, Poland were to be leaning on Lewandowski, uh, Lewandowski, for all the goals, but he hasn't really showed up. They've looked threatening at times. They've been mercurial. I expect it to be three or four to one, slightly more than England versus Senegal. I expect Poland probably eke one out, but I I still think Argentina v. Australia will be more of a blowout. I just, I, Australia haven't looked the most convincing to me either. But anyway, France has looked beautiful. They've played beautiful. They have a bevy of quality players. Can't say the same thing for Poland. Yeah, France rolls. There's no question here. I have other reasons for rooting for France right now, and I'm sticking to them. So, viva la French. Okay. Take it as you will. <laughs> okay, so moving into the Monday games, the one that I think is going to be the biggest coin flip, Japan versus Croatia. Chris, what do you think of this team? Japan. <laughs> They're going through. (laughs) No, I think um, I think this is uh, this is this is fascinating. Croatia were in the final of the last World Cup. They didn't show up at the Euros. They've looked very good. Uh, They've probably been for me the underdog out of all these teams that have advanced. I think Croatia are a sneaky side, but Japan have played very well. Uh, They topped their group stage. Kudos to them. They have a lot of quality. And um, I think I noted it when we were doing some analysis for these groups prior to this tournament starting, but their organization on the field and their pressing has been incredible. That's what's helped them win these games. Their counterattack has 
Got people on the back foot. I don't know how Croatia is going to stand up to this. I'm going to predict a two to one uh, Japan. I think at the end of the day, Japan takes it. I think it's a little bit of an upset. Croatia have a lot of quality. I wouldn't be surprised to see Croatia win it. This is going to be a very, very close encounter. But my prediction is 2-1 Japan. Wow, love that. Lee, what are you thinking? Yeah, I love what Japan has done so far here in the World Cup. Yeah, and back to when we did the analysis on the team, I I remember distinctly, this is such a unique composition or like how they really, how they perform on the field, the strategy out there against pretty much any sort of I don't know the word here. It basically just like any sort of style of play, right? I feel like that they Japan has a really good counter to any one style of play. Um, and on top of that, Japan has shown that they can clearly hang and they beat Spain. They beat Germany right in the group stage. And with those wins under their belt, I feel like they probably have a lot of confidence. They're not going to be afraid of any of the big name teams coming up now. They have momentum. And, you know, I think it just comes down to can they keep up with their style? I mean, it's a very aggressive pressing attack. Um, you know, it's, it's very active, right? So it, that that's going to bring in some fatigue. The later the tournament goes on, they may not be as effective. But at least for this round, I think they'll win this one. So I have Japan winning here. Okay. And I, I think that I generally agree with that, Lee. My My only concern is that, yes, this is a team that just beat Spain and Germany. But this is also a team that lost to Costa Rica. And so I just I'm a little confused by them. And if you could tell me if you could tell me exactly which Japan was going to show up, I could feel a lot better about making a prediction here. But I I do think that Japan's playing just some great pressing soccer that I don't think that Croatia is going to know how to deal with. So I agree with you guys and think that Japan's going to make it out and into the round of eight in in their one loss they actually looked a good team too i think they were a little unlucky there yeah to me they're like the clear cinderella of this tournament right now i'm rooting for them all the way too like i i'm just pulling for this team to, to do some good things here well we'll be watching okay the other game on that monday brazil versus south korea lee what 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 do you think about this game brazil next okay Match eight. No, uh, <laughs> um, you're not wrong, though. Oh, I can't wait until he's wrong now. <laughs> I say think it, Brazil. Man. Say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Brazil, too. I think South Korea, frankly, were lucky to get out of this group. I think uh, they haven't looked totally convincing to me. Brazil, I, frankly, I don't think Brazil have been pr- playing to their level. I would love to see them step it up a notch. I know that they can. I think this is a. Uh, Probably a relatively high-scoring game for Brazil, and um, it's going to be a boot out of the tournament for South Korea. It's going to be really interesting to see if South Korea can hang with the Brazilians, who honestly, they, I mean, with their lack of goal scoring, you know, they could be uh, they could be prime for an upset, but we'll see. I don't expect yeah. it. Maybe it's the one day that Sun decides to show up. We'll see. But that brings us to match seven: Morocco versus Spain. Nick, you're a big Spaniard, not by background, but by fandom. What do you got? <laughs> okay, I uh, I dig that. I can take it. So Morocco has been a fantastic story to get to this point, but it's it's over. I, I think Spain's coming for them, and I'm I'm a total homer here. I, I know I'm 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 biased, but I 
think that Morocco is, I, I guess the way I want to say this is, I think that their group was weak. And so I think that Spain's going to be a little bit more battle tested right now going into this game than Morocco was. And I know that Morocco is undefeated and hasn't been scored against besides by Morocco, but I think Spain's going to be the team to do it. Yeah, I'm with you. Spain have looked good. They've looked fluid. They've looked pretty. They haven't been totally convincing, but they're always there. They're always a goal-scoring threat. Morocco will be really hard-pressed to uh, break through Spain's possession. They're going to really bring it to Morocco. If Spain take their chances, this will be a disgusting scoreline. Totally agreed. Lee, what are you thinking? I want to stir the pot here. I actually think that if there is one team that you can pick to have an upset of these eight matches, it would be Morocco. Um, I didn't have Spain moving out of the group stage in my predictions, and I'm trying to remember exactly why. Um, Probably a combination of group of death and just a lot of young players. Um, Spain has come out explosive in one game, but the other two have been a little lackluster, only scoring one goal in each of those, and just coming off a loss from Japan. Um, Obviously, they have high-end talent, but, you know, like what you were saying about Japan earlier, Nick, like Spain's also coming off a loss here. Which version of Spain are we going to get? We're going to get the high scoring version or the one that's just going to be struggling to maybe score one. Um, Morocco is undefeated. Yes, they had some weaker competition in their group. If they end up beating Spain here, this is probably the only win they'll get in the tournament. I don't see them really progressing any further, but looking at this match in a bubble, I think it's possible. I'm going to go with Morocco in this one. I think that's totally fair. And, and justified, because you made some really great points in there. But I think that Spain kind of, I think that Spain underestimated Japan in that last game. I th- think that since they had more points than everybody going into that final day, that they were so certain that they were going through, I think they took their foot off the gas and were surprised by how Japan played. And so I think that was a wake-up call that I think will motivate and, you know, light a fire under the Spaniards' butts. And so they know it's go time now. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. I was talking with somebody else about this the other day, that they, there's a very good chance that Spain said, yeah, you know, well, we got this in the bag. And then somebody came up and slapped him in the face and they said, oh, okay, wake up call. Um, And that's going to lead him into a different attitude for this game. All right, final game, Portugal, Switzerland. Chris, take it away. This one's close, too. I don't know which one this way goes. I think I lean towards Portugal. They've looked a a great team. Switzerland haven't looked entirely convincing, but they've shown their ability in in their two recent uh, uh, matches. Excuse me. I think it's going to be close. Switzerland have looked, for me, a better all-around team. Portugal have looked better up front. Uh, Their defense has question marks for me. They just look a little shaky and uncertain. Uh, they certainly have better quality on paper, but Switzerland have just been playing. They've got some quality in the team sprinkled throughout, uh, not nearly as much as Portugal. At the end of the day, I think Portugal takes this one. Yeah, this match feels like a coin flip to me, too. Um, I'm There's no clear favorite to me again here. I know Switzerland has had a lot of really close matches coming off of a really... Really nice win against Serbia today to advance. 
I think that they're battle tested, right? They, they've been in these stressful situations and really, really bringing it when it matters. And I think there's a lot to say about that for their experience. Every match from here on out is, you know, elimination if you don't if you don't win. So they know what the expectations are. They know what they have to do. Portugal, on the other hand, has kind of coasted their way into the group stage, um, scoring a lot of goals early and just kind of securing their spot. So, yeah, this, this one's going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to be exciting. It really comes down to which team wants it more. I'm leaning towards Switzerland here as the more well-rounded team. Portugal may just be running out of steam. I'm, I'm not sure. But I wouldn't be surprised with whatever the outcome is. Whatever it is, it's going to be a really close game. I totally agree. But I'm going to lean Portugal here. And I don't have a ton of reasons why. I just think that they're a better team. Ronnie, that's why. I like to look past Ronnie. <laughs> that's a good idea. I don't think we have a lot of Ronnie lovers on this podcast. <laughs> Lee, what is, what's your uh, Ronnie take? I know who he is. That's And he gets paid well, so respect. <laughs> that's for certain. <laughs> I can respect that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here. Join us next time as we wrap up the round of 16 and preview the quarterfinals. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks, all. All right. See you.